Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, here we go. We'll do a podcast for you on what looks to be a glorious Monday. Al is uh, probably approaching his car right now somewhere in Long Island to make the trek home to Bradley Beach. So joined by the Eddie Scazzeri. No, Ed Jockerman. Who do you think we're talking? What's up, Eddie? Hello, podcast people. So a couple of things um, that hit me in the last 15 minutes as I was unprepared to do a podcast, and then some topics did come to mind. And one, so Boomer and Geo were out at uh, the golf course today where they did the show, did a remote show, and it's for his charity golf event today, which is a great event at a beautiful golf course. And Boomer asked me, I guess two months ago, we found out about this event and it hit me about four weeks ago. Do they really want me out there on a football Monday? Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is we don't have a tape up in the newsroom anymore. And Mondays are incredibly difficult with all the sound. So I really let them make the decision. And they did, the, especially G, knowing the business, said, you're better off just being here. All good. And then, you know, Boomer invited me to play golf. And then I'm thinking, all right, is there a way I could probably... No, I couldn't. And the one thing that... The main reason, aside from the work here, was my brother's moving today. Um, And he's moving into a new condo, and it's relatively close to where I live. And I know he's going to need help. And I would like to be around for him today. So that was why I didn't really explore or ask uh, Spike for some help in the newsroom. I figured, you know what? He's going to need help, meaning my brother. He's moving, big day. And it hit me... And it's a long backstory to get to the point I'm making, but mm. it hit me. He's single, has always been single, and has zero interest in getting married, much like Al. Right. So over the weekend, I had noticed that I did not put clothes away from Friday. I left them on the bed in the spare bedroom from playing whatever we did Friday. When we were we were at home. I get changed, take a shower, left the clothes out. And my wife's great. Kim really is pretty good. But at one point, she's like, could you just do me a favor and just not leave your clothes on the floor in the spare bedroom? And I'm like, yeah, no, she's 100% right. But it hit me when I was thinking about my brother moving. If you live by yourself, who gives a rat's ass if you leave your clothes on the floor in the spare bedroom? If you don't make the bed one morning just because 
you don't want to make the bed, if you decide to use the dishwasher, not use the dishwasher, it really is amazing what a, on both sides, Mm -hmm. men and women, how much compromise there is in relationships. Sure. And then it's just, it's on you. What level of disorderliness do you, can you tolerate your own self? And you can understand why some people in those situations, it's a, what we would think of as a disaster, their home. Yes. Uh, but it's, like you said, if you don't have anyone else, who cares? You do what you want. If it doesn't bother you, who the hell cares? It's amazing how you really have to, because I think it's even, well, especially in financial situations too. Like I think about, so a little, had my kids not started playing golf this year, Okay. Okay. Wait, uh, did, didn't didn't Matthew already play a little bit? Very little. Like I would take them out once or twice a year, but that would be it. Okay. And I would hope that they would just hit the ball forward and we could move and I would take them to crappy golf courses where I knew there wouldn't be a lot of people out there. Um but neither one of them really showed that much of an interest in playing all that much. Joseph wrapped up in baseball and basketball. Matthew with high school sports, basketball and baseball as well. And so when I would take them out, I would take them out with my dad. So the four of us would play. It'd be kind of nice. My dad loves it. I enjoy it. And I can only play a little bit because of all the coaching and everything. So I would take them out maybe twice a year. And they would be like, that was fun. Where are we getting lunch? There was no, like, draw to it. Then this year, Matthew, once baseball ended, he went out and started playing a couple of times with his friends and got hooked. I had, something clicked. He started hitting the ball, and he loved it. To where the me, him, and Joe, we've probably played now this year. No joke. We've probably played 40 rounds together. Wow. Yeah, it's been a lot. Now, part of that is, and again, long way to get to the point of this. In August, I joined a place because I was spending so much money when the three of us would go play. I looked into joining a place, and I did more than I should be spending at this point with him going to college and Joseph still years away from college. Financially irresponsible, but I also feel like the time I'm spending with them is priceless. So, okay. and it's all, it's a stupid question. It's open to your whole family. That membership is for your. Whole I got family. memberships for me and them too. Kim, I have to pay for her to come play. She can use the place and she can go there for different events. But if she wants to play golf, she's got to pay. Okay, so but you have to pay a separate membership for for the boys. Your, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. yeah, much less than what I'm paying because they're 18 and 13, but yes, I do pay for them to go. Okay. And like I said, financially irresponsible, but the time I'm spending with them, I don't give a crap. It, I think it's great. Point is, if I wanted to do that last year with them not playing, I'm sure it'd be a conversation that if I make most of the money, why should I have to clear it with the wife or my spouse or my girlfriend? But you do because well, you're into this. You're, re- yes. Yeah. Like this partnership. Whereas my brother, if he wants to join a golf club, go to Atlantic City, right. up a flight to Vegas, just do it. Just do it. Who cares? You just do what you want. Like the life Al has led until he really got involved with Gina for the most part. Yeah. But even, even then they're not, there's no legal. They're not maybe. married. Right. That is true. But I do feel like he's got, there's a sense of him that is very uh, responsible in that way with her. Yeah, and also Al is wise with his money. Hey, very much so. Absolutely. Anyway. Yes. It just, I don't know. That whole thing hit me when my brother was talking about what he wants to do, how he's going to do it, when, where. I'm like, like when huh, I- that's pretty good. <laughs> but It's pretty good. And I've been, I don't know when 
what how old were you when you were married? Twenty five. Okay. Oh, so not too much old. I was twenty three. Okay. But I had been sort of in that mindset for a few years before that even. So I don't know any other way. Yeah. Sort of. You were twenty three, huh? I got engaged at twenty three. Yeah, I got engaged at twenty one. Wow. Yeah. That's young. Yeah. Yeah. Not young in 1950. No. But young in the 90s. 1989. 89. It was. Were you here at that point? At 23, Uh, you were, right? Yes. I, yeah. I got, I I got engaged about a month before my internship started. Got engaged August 5th. So you got, so hold on. So you got engaged prior to having like a real full-time job? Uh, yeah. What was the plan? I, yeah, I don't know. You I, didn't have a plan. Not really. No. I mean, I had just started the internship. I didn't know that that would work out. I was an economics major, and I did. While I thought the internship was awesome and cool and great and fun, I didn't have any idea that it would lead to a career. This thirty-four years later. Yeah. Um, and I was an economic major, and after I graduated. While I was doing, at that time, part-time shifts here, I was going out and doing, like, boring job interviews. Wow. I did about four or five of them and was just like, oh, my God. You know, I've never been on a job interview. Yeah. Which is, I mean, the one with you and Spitz. Yeah. Just for an internship. Yeah, me too. But that's been it. Yeah. Everything else has been the jobs I've had. I guess you would call them interviews. They were more phone call conversations. Are you interested? We'd love to have you. Okay. <laughs> Great. Yeah. But never, I've never had to put the suit on and go sit in an office and bring a res. Like I haven't written a resume since my last year in college. Yeah. Well, I, I had, I had, I hadn't either until this was in 2007 when the Giants bought their rights back. Yeah, sure. Football Giants. Yep. And I had done work on the Giants radio broadcasts, been field producer, booth producer. Um, and I kind of, I I thought I owed it to myself, even though I really had no, as it turned out, I had no interest in leaving this place. I, I went for an interview with for that Giants, and that's the only other time. Interesting. Right? And I, I had a, you know, refresh my memory on how to create a resume and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. And and then after, I think I had scheduled the interview, and then in between when the interview happened, uh, but, or before the interview happened, but after I scheduled it, the whole Imus mm-hmm. thing happened. Yeah. And the radio station was reeling, and I just felt awful. Like yeah. I didn't want to leave during that, you know, leave him in the lurch kind of a thing. Yeah. Which is stupid, of course, but it's just the way I, I thought. So it's a, it is interesting that you would have that feeling about a place, regardless of how long you've been there, mm-hmm. only from the standpoint of at some point, while your boss may not want to do it, might have to let you go. Of course. And yet you were in a position where you might have been able to walk away at a time of, you know, financial crisis with what happened and the company was in, was in a bad way. And yet you felt not obligated, but almost a responsibility to see it through. I felt, I I felt like I would be leaving at the 
a terrible time. Right, like you're and, jumping off the sinking ship. Correct. And it, I, it, it's like, right or wrong, I've always, this place is like a, a family to yeah. me. Understood. You know, I just, and I really was, I was all broken up about it. Yeah, I remember those were some very difficult, I remember going home, you know, telling my wife, I don't know if I'm going to have a job in six months. Yeah. This was before... Uh, clearly before Boomer and Carton, obviously. Yeah. And even that for me was, I was a year after they started before I jumped in the morning. Yeah. Um, but I remember being, you know what the big one was? I'm not going to say who it was, but there was one salesperson that really needed some help saving an account and had Mike and Chris go try and save the account. And when they came back and the account couldn't be saved, I remember the look on his face told me a lot. And I thought, ooh. We mm-hmm. are in trouble. And there were a few people who did leave. Yes, for sure. And some that left and, and then came back. Yep, that is true too. Because uh, if you remember, it was when when it was known that Imus was going to be back at a different radio mm-hmm. station. Yep, yep, yep. Some of our Well, when they're people, your clients and they want to yep. go with him, I do understand that. 100%. I do. I mean, it's that, that's your, in that case, that's your livelihood. Mm-hmm. So difficult decisions, but I yeah. do understand it. So, Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The other thing I saw coming in here, which really fascinated me, it's something I knew, but when you see it, you're like, wow. We always talk about the difference between TV and radio. Mm -hmm. For us to do this podcast, it's literally me and you and some software, and you do all the uploading, and boom, you've got a podcast. Mm -hmm. When we do a radio show, it's literally as little as someone inside and someone in here and making sure the transmitter's on. And right, you got a radio show, and if you want to even scale it down further, it could be if you had a board-capable host like a Mike Flegelman, for sure, like a Chris McMahon. You could do it yourself. And by the way, it's you probably could do it, although it's been a long time for you running. Yeah, board. I'd have to be retrained on the yeah, software. But you could do sure. it, and in fact, probably ninety percent of our hosts could do it. Yeah. So you could, you literally have a one-man operation. Yes, and in some cases it would be it would sound far worse, in some cases it would sound far better depending upon the mm-hmm. relationship between the producer and the host. But it, when I was walking in here, the Yes Network rerun of yesterday's game showed all the credits mm-hmm. of what it takes to put on a TV uh, a baseball game on television. Mm-hmm. Eddie, there had to have been a thousand people mm-hmm. that work, uh, maybe not a thousand, but you get my point. Yeah, yeah. Hundreds of people that work on a Yankee game. Whereas now you think about it on radio, we have an engineer, you got John Susan, and two people back here, maybe. Mm-hmm. And you get a professional sounding baseball game on the radio in New York. And yet to watch that game, 
it is hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a, it, if he, they seem so related and yet couldn't be further apart. And and, uh, and even all the people that are sort of involved at the highest levels, like you know Spike Eskin and Chris Olivero and our engineering staff yeah. and department, you could credit them too. But TV probably and that number is tw- ten times more people also of the credits that really don't need to be credited mm-hmm. but they set everything up and or pay for everything but yeah and even our own boomer and uh geo staff on the tv side it's a lot more people than we probably have probably at least three times more full-time employees i would, I would think guess. so i mean we're we're really just a cast of five mm-hmm. and then i guess you want to you need an engineer to make sure it's up and running so six people like, uh, yes. I mean, someone's got to be back there in, in case something in happens. Case, yes. So um, you're really talking on a day-to-day basis. We're six people. Right. Because you want to separate Anthony because that's a whole different, it's digital. Oh, Gallo does. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I just meant the show Correct. every day. Mm-hmm. Do you know I email six people every day just what cuts I'm playing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn, it is just such a different world. And like the difference between doing games on radio, games on TV, like I've done this is my eighth year at Rutgers after 11, I'm sorry, after 10 with, with Columbia. So in 17 years of doing basketball play-by-play, 30 games a year, essentially, mm-hmm. you're talking, I've done almost, well, I have done, I've done 500 games right around. And radio, you do your work, you show up, your engineer has you up, you talk to the producer in your headset, you do a game. I tell you, doing games, I've done a few on TV, it is some process for like the crappiest of crappy games, the production mm-hmm. that goes into it for something that is a two hour event in out. And it's like, wow, it, it's just a different world. Yeah. And I, I guess it has to be for it to look good, but it's overkill. In a lot of cases, uh, it's overkill. I have always thought so, but who am I to say? And perhaps there are unions involved more I so suppose. on the television. Yeah, side. I, know, I suppose. But um, yeah, I yeah I, I it's, I'll give you a good example. Mind-boggling. So here, now I know it's it's a little different with the hosts, but I can only talk from well, I can talk from both responsibilities because I've I've hosted too. If you give me when Flegelman produces and I'm hosting in the summer, he gives me basically all the reads for the full hour, not break by break, full hour. Mm-hmm. Great. So they're labeled. I know what's coming up. They're timed. You can see when. And during my normal show, Al gives me my reads for the day. They're right there. So this is an example. I was at, oh, God, Illinois State. I did a game a few. It was like five years ago now on CBS Sports Network. So I've got someone in my headset. I can hear the producer. The, I guess, field producer is what they're called, is also on a headset. He's telling both of us what reads are coming up next. She's there to hear him to tell me what I heard him tell me what I'm supposed to grab. Mm. I, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> like it's right in front of me. Mm-hmm. If it's laid out, it's just, I don't know. It's a lot that goes yes. into it. And again, a lot of uh, redundancy. Yes. Before we get into AI, just because we're talking about the TV, I saw that uh, Sean McManus is retiring. Yes. So David Burson is taking over. I don't know him. Do you know him? So I, I've never, I, I might have met him once, but big wig at CBS Sports. Mm-hmm. Do you know that when Craig was arrested... And I did the rest of that year with Boomer. You know, I got one of the nicest emails from Mr. Burson. Really? And I've saved it all these years because I always figured someone that high up having 
taken two minutes out of his day to thank me and tell me what a nice job I did for the last few minutes, months, how it was seamless. Yeah, I've always remembered that about him. Oh, that's, very nice man. That's very nice. Very nice man. That yes. is a that is a check mark in the good column. Oh, I you're you're damn right. So really, one of the only people that sent me that email. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. All right. I read in the paper this morning, Robin Williams' daughter is furious with artificial intelligence and how she is noticing that some companies are trying to recreate his voice or mm -hmm. they're using his voice for artificial intelligence. And I don't know if it's to pitch products. I'm not really sure what she's referencing, but how upset she is that he always passed away a long time now. Mm -hmm. Now his voice is coming back to life as if he's still here. And a couple pages after that, Tom Hanks is warning people that they are recreating his voice to say things he didn't say. Mm-hmm. You're all up on this stuff. Talk about the slippery slope we're about to endeavor. Oh, yeah. It's it's quite frightening because you can literally make anyone say anything, and it would be hard to disprove it unless you had a, a evidence chain of that was created by AI. But And also, we're not far from having it video. It being it's scary. Same. Yeah. But this is a different, this is, I thought you were going to go more towards AI taking over itself, not people using AI for nefarious purposes. No, you mean in terms of basically killing us? Yeah, the whole Terminator scenario. I wasn't going there yet. No. Nothing would shock me. No, but they were probably still some decades away from that, if, uh. it, if it at all is possible. You know, I don't know, though, because think about how far and fast we've come yes i mean everything seems to be al and i always talk about this the telephone was created in what year 1900 uh probably yeah maybe early late 1800s early okay. 1900s we didn't have a cell phone until 1990 yeah it was like that corded phone was good for a hundred years mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden we had this technology of a cell phone and within Within 12 or 13 years, maybe even less than that, that cell phone became a computer in our hand. Mm -hmm. And you think about how rapidly things are changing. Then all of a sudden it went from it's a computer in our hand to we can look and talk to you at the same time. Like yes. we've really gone very far, very fast. So you, who knows? Maybe it's maybe they have it already, the technology to do that stuff. Uh, well, I mean, it's just it's not it's not so much the technology. It's just. When the machine starts to learn on its own and repair itself, and then when does it become sentient? You know, they call that the singularity, the AI singularity, whatever threshold that is, where all of a sudden they are. When you say they, who's they? The, the, the machines themselves. Like once, once it becomes sentient, that's the singularity. And then is it, a, is it an actual consciousness or not? That's that's the and this question. would be the machines infiltrating robots. Like, what is that? No, well, they would have somewhere and on some server it becomes sentient. Then what's that word mean? Did you talking uh, to idiots like me? Conscious, conscious. like uh, that it's a being. Mm -hmm. Okay, like we are. Mm -hmm. Like whenever that happens in the uh, after conception, when does that? When does it become a person? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That whole thing so and then 
what does it think of us? What is it then? Does it then try to protect itself by hiding itself and spreading itself? So even if you destroy the machine where it was created, it's then out there. Oh, great. And then it can then get into all the systems and things that we depend upon now. And what does it do? What happens? Do we instill our morality in it by when we created it? But people's morality changes over time too. And how fast, because they learn much faster, how quickly would their morality, if they ever had any, how would that change? And yeah. Frightening stuff. Yeah. But there's also some people who think that it just can never happen as a point of like a machine. You have to have life, organic life to be conscious. So I, I don't believe that. So, hmm. but that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother discussion. Because with the whole, coming back to the way I was discussing the AI from these two examples, like if you saw a video of, let's say, yourself mm-hmm. on social media, mm-hmm. basically spewing hate. Right. Why would I think it's not real? Right. Of course. Like, like how do you even defend against it off of mm-hmm. something that looks and sounds exactly like right. you? And, and and people, you know, want to believe things of, of, of certain people if they have a certain ideology and they'll think whatever. But we're, we're going to get to the point, if we're not already there, where you can't believe anything. For the uh, agreed. That you see out on, you know, unless you see something with your own eyes. Right. And hear it with your own ears, then you can't really believe anything. Even like the, I don't think it's the iPhone. I think it's the Google Pixel phone. I think. Maybe they both have the technology. I'm not sure. Where they have the magic eraser and the photos. Yes. Like now you're telling me I can take anything or anybody out of a picture that I took or I can add someone Mm -hmm. to the picture. It's all phony. Right. And there are ways to detect it with metadata, but let's be honest, 99%, maybe a higher percentage, don't know anything about metadata and proving things and and finding things out like that. It's just not what, you know, people aren't going to be bothered to do that. No. And and with the whole AI with using, you know, people, the dead performers, we've had for a few years now, like you can have a hologram of, yeah. So I guess this is, that was somehow acceptable or with the permission of the estate, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I think if I, I think if the family approves it and if it's a source of entertainment mm-hmm. and there's an understanding and there are contracts written and you know what you're watching when you're watching it, I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. As opposed to what we're talking about, people creating something that isn't and not telling you what it is or is not. Mm-hmm. That's a dangerous game. Yes. But I, I know there was... After Carrie Fisher had passed, uh, they used in some of the later Star Wars like a CGI of her, uh, and and that in that one sort of prequel show, Rogue One prequel movie, they had a total CGI of her young, and also one of the other actors from the original Star Wars who had passed, and it's just people are weird about it. But I think as we go on, I, I don't think people will be weird about it. Speaking of weird, before we go, did you see the, uh, where was it? The mushroom-looking moon around Saturn. 
That was picked up not, on the uh, was it the Hubble telescope? Oh, the web. I forget what it was. The web telescope, probably. I think so. I saw an image of it. So if I type in mushroom, it looks like something. Um, I'm going to put mushroom moon Saturn. I think that's what it was. Uh, da, 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 da. I got to find it now. God damn it. I can't. I can't find it. Of course, it was in the post this morning. Anyhow, it looks like something out of Super Mario Brothers. It's bizarre looking. It literally looks like a floating mushroom in space. And they're saying that's a moon that is... A small moon that they just detected. I guess, yeah. I really thought this was in the post today. I'm, I'm almost certain it was. I wanted to ask you about it, and I forgot to look it up and okay. then have the, have the story for you with the headline so that you would know, but is what it is. Not that big a deal. So uh, what else you want to talk about? Uh, I, I, I'm good. You're good. <laughs> You're good. I did have some other stuff, believe it or not, but I went in a different direction. Um, let's see. I have, I have the headlines I liked that I didn't that I did not get into because we're running out of time. Anyhow, eh, I can't find it now. Well, whatever. There's a mushroom looking. Oh, this headline was funny. Arnold says cheating on Maria Shriver affair with housekeeper is his f up. You think? Oh yeah. No, it's, it's Maria's fault. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. Some of these headlines and some of the stuff. I don't know how much you look at the post or any newspaper. The head. It blows me away the time we're living in. To where I read headlines, I'm like, this can't be real. And the stuff is real. That's why I like when I host. I like doing that rip from the headline stuff. Mm -hmm. Because it's these things that are going on are unbelievable. Like, you've got a president right now, and this is going to go both ways. You've got a president right now who fumbles his words, has fallen down, and is aging before our eyes, mm -hmm. and he is the leader of the free world. Yes. Meantime, the guy who was the president, that I think is the favorite to be the president of again, is going to court numerous times. Yeah. What the hell time are we living in? Yeah, and it's going to be a fascinating election cycle because neither party wants their lead dog to represent. Them. I know. It's just crazy times. Yeah. There's still a war going on. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. All right, well, thank you for sitting in. Oh, my pleasure. Um, Nothing else from you? No. All right, no. well, you brought a lot to the table. I do appreciate it. Okay. And uh, we got the warm-up show. Al was there out at Eagle, uh, no, Glen Oaks. Uh, he was live on remote. So me and him coming up next. And then uh, that's it. We'll see you tomorrow. Eddie will do the see you thing, and then we'll see you. See ya. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Before we get started, I just want to say on behalf of every single Met fan out there, this is the Rico Bronya Podcast. On behalf of all of the people that were at Chase Stadium on that October night, on behalf of every Met fan that's watched this man pitch, let me just tell Adam Wainwright, can you go f 
yourself. <laughs> wow. Wow, you weren't kidding. You were you came in hot. Subscribe and listen to the Rico Bronya podcast. Available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast.